0: When life gives you lemons, make lemonade. Over the past few months, businesses, especially small businesses, have faced a lot of proverbial lemons, but the power of pivoting has become clearer than ever. We're here to share stories from PayPal merchants who have pivoted their businesses during COVID 19, innovating their way through uncertain and strenuous times. Welcome to The Adaptables. Welcome back, everyone. As you know, I'm your host, Sarah Davidson, and I'm delighted to have Lucas Stone here with us today from Herbivore Florals. You might have heard of chef extraordinaire Curtis Stone. Well, Lucas is his equally successful brother, building Herbivore Florals into a booming floral design business in Melbourne for the past 20 years. Lucas owns and runs the business, which boasts contracts with a handful of major airlines, as well as contracts with Victoria Racing Club and Mooney Valley. But with the outbreak of COVID 19, these airline contracts dried up along with all of Lucas's work in events and weddings. And to stay afloat, he developed a new suite of products to cater for people stuck at home seeking comfort items, showing he truly is one of the adaptables. I'll let Lucas share the details himself. Lucas, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Sarah. Great to be here. How are you?
0: I'm really well, thank you. How are you?
1: Beautiful day, so uh, I can't complain. <laughs>
0: I think we've done a pivot even in recording, pivoting your car into a studio. It's a wonderful podcast studio.
1: We have. Hopefully it's not too echoey for you.
0: (laughs) No, it's wonderful. So before we get started, we have been kicking off every episode with a little icebreaker. And because business is just such a roller coaster and things are always changing, I like to ask everyone what their biggest assumption was that they had back at the beginning about what going into business would be like, and then how it got busted as soon as you started.
1: Yeah, sure. Look, I think it'll be a pretty common answer among, among those that have gone into their own business, I think. Deep down, I feel like everybody wants to work for themselves, right? In one way or another. And I was certainly no different to that. But working for yourself, my grandfather actually had a saying that working for yourself just means you get to work unlimited overtime. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's how it's turned out for sure. You know, you, you tend to work your butt off and um, and that's how it has to be to get the rewards. So I think Just the hours that you put into it in your own business come as a little bit of a shock early on, but then you sort of, you get used to it.
0: Yeah. And then the perks start to flow in and you realize that it's all, you know, you win some, you lose some, but I... I love that saying about unlimited overtime. It's so true.
1: It is. Yeah, yeah it really is. He's a wise old man.
0: Oh, wow. So tell us the story of how you started in business. Take us back to that very beginning, you know, wide-eyed Lucas thinking there was going to be no unlimited overtime and it was all going to be rosy. <laughs> you <laughs> I know, know. I know, you've been in business for 20 years now. So take us back to those early days. What were the beginnings like? Where did your initial interest in florals stem from, pun intended.
1: Yes, yes. (laughs) It wasn't sort of a a lifelong dream of mine to to own a floral business. I think I was 25 and putting myself through uni as an accountant, um, as a mature age student, but it was a family business. So mum had had the business for about seven or eight years and, and run it really well she'd sort of bought it off her old bosses. So I sort of knew the business really well. And then she decided that it was time for her to retire and move to Greener Pastures. So the opportunity sort of presented itself. And I don't know that I was completely ready, if, if I'm being completely honest. You know, 25 is fairly young to sort of dive into something like that. But look, the opportunity was there. And I had a sound finance background, I think. and. And, and i would spent a lot of time working in the shop over the years, being the family business. So, uh, yeah, I jumped at it and uh, the rest is history. I've been doing it ever since, along with a few other things. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been terrific. I've loved every minute of it.
0: Oh, that's so amazing. It's funny how even right back from your first sort of jump you were already an adaptable moving from a career path that was very, very different and straight into taking over a whole business that you never thought would be yours so early.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And look, that's, that's how you have to be in business. You know, I don't think you can just be one thing. You have to be adaptable. So um, it certainly held me in good stead over the years.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you said you weren't sure that you were ready, but I think that's part of it, isn't it? That entrepreneurial mindset is to start before you're ready
1: Yeah, and then
0: just yeah. wing it and course correct as you go.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. You, you can never plan for it all from the beginning and get it all right. You have to have that, that open-mindedness, I think, going into it.
0: And did you find that because it had been around before and it wasn't a brand brand new business that as soon as you came in you wanted to make a lot of changes like did you integrate online retail was that something you did or you know what are some of the structural changes you decided when you got in like I'm going to move this business into the next chapter
1: yeah look I think I mean back when I took it on um we were still writing invoices by hand and sending them in the post so oh. um, a lot's changed you know a lot has changed um, and I think that was one of the things that I saw an opportunity was to really bring the bring the business into the next century it was 1999 so the timing was pretty good and and i I guess you know that the generation that mum was in didn't really have the expertise to do it so it was sort of nice to come in with some fresh eyes and and start to sort of integrate some online online learnings into it and and, and move the business forward and really sort of grow it from there.
0: Yeah, I think that is something that a lot of businesses resist when they've been around for a long time. But as the world evolves, it's really something you need to get on board despite the discomfort. And there are amazing merchants now that make that really accessible and, and an easy transition. Like PayPal, for example, when did you guys come on board as a PayPal merchant in the journey?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting because the business has sort of evolved from being a little suburban storefront to... To more into that corporate world as we went along, we, we've done a lot of work with the airlines and, and, and many others, as you said at, at the start. So our focus had always been those clients and really sort of servicing those. So the online, the online world sort of came on a little bit later in, in, the, uh, in the journey, I guess. And I think we sort of did it because we knew we knew we needed to do it, um, but it wasn't a focus until quite recently. We actually used to be called Strathmore Flowers, and we've recently rebranded to Herbivore. And and look, that was a result of, I guess, the next generation coming through. So some of the girls working for me are in their mid-20s now. And so really in touch with that, with that whole online world and have really great ideas and are very creative. And so they sort of, I've utilised that to really develop their online presence. And so that all sort of, Took place uh, around August of last year, where we switched brands and pushed hard into the into the online market, and that's when we brought PayPal on as a merchant provider. I guess so, just. To- give that added security to payments to our customers. And and it's been a real win-win. It's been great.
0: Yeah, I think it is such an added benefit when you do bring on something that's new for you, but for your customer, they're quite familiar with the brand. There's a lot of trust behind it. It does make that really seamless for you. Yeah. And I can't believe it was so recent either. That's amazing. <laughs> I
1: know, I know. We sort of, as I said, we were, we were online, but the focus just wasn't there. And I think fortuitously, really, we we sort of pushed pretty hard towards the end of last year. And now, of course, all this is, this craziness has happened. And um, it's it's been a really good thing for us to have. So we were lucky.
0: Yeah, it's funny the timing of the universe, how it works out, that you were already gearing yourself up for what you didn't know you'd need so much. <laughs> I know,
1: right? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and before we do move on to the COVID-19 pressures that have been put on your business and the whole business industry in general, just, you know, those peaks that you do get in business that make the unlimited overtime worth it. Looking back on getting the bigger contracts like the airlines, what have been some of your highlight moments in your growth and favourite creations? Like what's your favourite thing to work on? Is it the corporate jobs? Is it like the huge floral arrangements? Do you have favourite flowers to work with?
1: Yeah, for sure. Look, I think the really satisfying work are those bigger installations that you do? And, and we've been fortunate enough to, to work with the airlines so that all of the, the business landers out at the airport, we get to go out there twice a week and, and do all of those and replace them. And then the spring carnival is obviously a really fun thing to be involved in and yeah. the energy that's created around that is just a really nice part of our job I guess and I've got a really good creative team around me that can help sort of curate those big installations that you can sort of stand back at the end of the day and have a real sense of satisfaction in terms of I guess products I really enjoy using it's always it's such a a beautiful business because it's so seasonal so there's always something different you know so you're never just doing the same thing day in day out the seasons are changing and although that's sort of shifted a little bit with the introduction um of a lot of international suppliers I guess. So you can get things a bit more all year round. We really try and stick more to those seasonal um lines that are grown grown here in Victoria. And, you know, see so you, you come into October and the peonies are out and, you know, tulips are more are now and ranunculus as you come coming into spring. And so all of those seasonal things are what keeps it really interesting for us, I guess.
0: Yeah, I love peonies. Oh, my gosh. I get so excited when the season comes back
1: around. <laughs> right. It's one of those things because it's such a short season, you know, and it's uh, you always want what you can't have, don't you?
0: Yeah, for sure. Which is probably what makes it so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And I think that seasonal nature does mean that you really look forward each year to things like the racing season and, you know, the holidays, travel season where people are flooding in and out of airports and airlines. And COVID-19 has really put a halt on all of that Yeah, without much preparation without anyone really knowing that it was coming. You know, businesses have had to temporarily shut down, change their offerings completely to stay afloat. What was that initial sort of closed down period like for you after the outbreak? Were there lots of contract cancellations you know how did you respond emotionally?
1: Yeah look it was interesting we've, we've been lucky enough I guess that we haven't actually had to close it all so the business has operated all the way through which is has been amazing but yeah like a lot of our work it all just fell off a cliff the airports sort of closed down overnight all of the function and corporate work that we do just ceased and everyone that was planning their wedding had to put it on hold, you know, including Mm. one of my own, one of the girls that works for me. So yeah. Yeah. So, you know, all of a sudden, and it happened so fast too. It was sort of like, Oh, this thing's here, you know, the COVID-19 it's here and you're hearing about it, but it's more overseas. And then it started to come here and then everyone gets a little bit nervous. And then all of a sudden it just all stopped. And so you're sort of standing there thinking, wow, what, what do we, what do we need to do now? To really survive, and I think the initial reaction with some of the girls that work for me was, well, we all just need to stay home and um, and be safe. And I completely understand that that mentality, you know. And I've I've got kids, and so your sort of first instinct is always survival, right? Um, but then as you sort of think through it and think about what you can do and and still be safe and 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 as you say pivot which is the most used word in the (laughs) country at the moment (laughs) you know find out what you can do and and sort of maintain that level of safety and keep the anxiety levels a little lower but still run your business because i think once you close a business down it's much harder to get it back open again than if you can sort of just keep the ship afloat and in the beginning, we didn't know that there was JobKeeper and, and those sort of things coming in either. That was all really up in the air. So you have to be really careful with your finances. But look, for us, we've we've managed to survive. And, and fortunately, we, we sort of had the online presence there. So we've just pushed a lot harder into that space. And it's, you know, out of... Anything like this, I think you can draw positives. And we've been able to do that and really focus all of our energies into that. And it's worked really well for us so far. It's kept us afloat. you know, And, and so, you know, we know that we'll still be here and we know that all of our clients will still be there once this thing passes yeah. and, and we can get back to it. So, yeah, it's been a, an interesting journey. But, you know, not necessarily a bad one.
0: Yeah, I think there are definitely now that we've adjusted a little bit more to the reality and we've sort of accepted what's happening and also adjusted to the fact that at the beginning, we're used to uncertainty in business, but not this level of uncertainty of how protracted it would be. I think now everyone's had time to emotionally adjust and actually assess the damage as well and and see how you could just stay afloat without closing until things lift again now is when you actually can start to look at the silver linings because you're not sort of floundering around thinking am i going to survive till tomorrow uh, which is this is where the exciting stuff happens
1: absolutely and i think you sort of get confidence in your ability to roll with the punches if you like you know we're seen a spike again um, in this last couple of weeks in victoria and and that's sort of putting a bit of fear back into everyone but you know, we've been through it once, so we know we can get through it again. And yeah, so I I guess that level of confidence is is sort of there now, which is great.
0: Yeah. So before you shifted from that sort of feeling of, of panic to putting that into action, what were some of the things you actually had to manage to make sure you could get to that stage? Like what were the financial pressures in terms of rent and overheads and insurance and staffing? And how did you communicate with your staff before you knew what the action plan was going to be because I think that's what a lot of businesses are facing now and would love advice on
1: yeah for sure and and look it's tricky because as I said your staff sort of all came in come in on day one and, and they're a little bit like why are we why are we still here you know we should be home and safe and and look you've just got to be really open and honest with your team because they're the backbone of your business you know without them you're in real trouble and so so I was and and I said look if if no one's if anyone's not comfortable being here you're welcome to stay home you're not going to lose your job and We had one of the girls who had um an elderly grandmother staying with her for a period of time, so she needed to stay home and that, that's cool, you know, like you mm. can't force people to do what they don't want to do when everyone deals with it differently and so she she did that for a couple of weeks and now she's back at work that she's sort of more comfortable with the situation and there's some more I guess surety around you know how it's how it all works, so that was the first point of call um was was making sure that the staff were comfortable and happy to be there because at the end of the day, if they weren't, then they're the ones that are talking to the customers a lot, and that sort of vibe comes off i think if they're if they're not wanting to be there so we're quite open and honest with that, but yeah, the finances are tricky because I'm I'm lucky enough, I guess, to be my own landlord in the building here. But that's a double whammy, isn't it? Right, when this comes along, <sighs> <laughs> we lose revenue in the uh, in the shop and and also um, rents. So staying open was a really big thing for me and wanting to sort of survive it. And so we managed to do that. And I think you know you speak to your banks and communication with all of this is the key. It's speaking to your suppliers and your banks and And making sure they know where you're at and having good relationships with them because if you just shut down, then they automatically think the worst and then all of a sudden you can't get product or you can't put your loans on hold and all that sort of stuff. So uh, I think communication is, is the biggest part of it.
0: That's such a good point. I'm a serial avoider of anything conflict related like I'm so bad at hard conversations but someone told me when I first went into business that you won't survive unless you're able to tell people stuff they maybe don't want to know but if you have a problem or if you're not going to be able to meet a deadline it will be so much better received if you just told them first rather than waiting until it's too late it's been a really big lesson
1: yeah it's it's been a key for us you know we had all of our growers and wholesalers you know they, they sort of all went into panic mode as well they didn't because when it happened for us too, it, it's sort of two months out from Mother's Day, so oh, they're making yeah. decisions on whether to plant crops or not, um, that'll be ready for Mother's Day. And so some did and some didn't, and we sort of needed to be really aware of what everyone was doing in that space too, because you know we we decided to push on and, and try and stay open. So we needed to know that we had solid suppliers in place for that time of year, which funnily enough, was busier than it's ever been because everyone was in lockdown and couldn't visit. So they just all sent flowers. It was the craziest weekend I've ever had for Mother's Day. So again, you know, silver linings.
0: Absolutely. And is that kind of where you started to get the idea of realising your service was more needed than ever and started to create the wellness packs? Where did that idea come from?
1: Yeah, for sure. So again, I I can't take credit for all of that. My my team's (laughs) really creative and they came up with a lot of these things and the wellness packs was one of them and and we're doing fruit hampers and and things like that, as you see. And I think my other life is in restaurants with Curtis in the States. So um we'd sort of seen a crazy demand over there for um home delivery just because it, it, it's obviously much worse over there than it is here uh and so sort of i guess feeding off that a little and just thinking more around well what what do people need and and if you've got someone that's you know if your elderly mother hasn't seen you for two months what do you want to send to them and and that thinking of it that way a little more so we sort of came up with a few different products and they've been really successful which is which is great and you know everyone loves having fresh flowers in their home when they're stuck at home. And, you know, it's it's a really nice nice thing to be able to do. So you, I guess you sort of feel like you're, you're doing a little bit of a community service at the same time, which is nice.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely spreading joy in a way that, all of a sudden, all the other ways people normally spread joy, they can't do. So I think it was yeah. a wonderful, wonderful pivot that you guys did.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: In terms of structurally adapting to, you know, I know you guys were offering delivery for free, which was incredibly generous and, you know, making new products also probably involved seeking out new suppliers. And then I know you had started to adjust to being a bit more online focused, but were, were there any other changes or tweaks to your e-commerce strategy in light of that shift that you had to make?
1: yeah look i think we sort of made the decision to make it as accessible as possible and as as user friendly as possible um and obviously you know paypal ho- helps a lot with that because it is so simple and for us in the back end it's really easy to use too so that's that's been a real win the, the free delivery um everyone sort of rolled their eyes a bit at that when when i said it but i think what what i noticed was there was no cars on the road so you're twice as quick and and the staff were here and you know obviously with uh, JobKeeper that sort of enabled us a little flexibility with that um, so you sort of take in a hit in one area but you pick it up in another and ev- everyone's hurting a little bit at the moment you know I always sort of think because some people have just kept their jobs and they haven't you know lost any money and it's probably a little left the center to think you know but everyone just took a 20% cut and that money went into a pool to help those who'd lost their jobs and, and whatnot, then, you know, you'd all be fine. Now, the reality, that's not that's not the case. But the way I sort of thought about it was we can take a hit for right now um, and that'll help people send things to people that they love. And and so you sort of feel good about that. And in the long run, you know, if you gain some some customers long term, then it's good for business as well. So, yeah, that, that was sort of the reasoning behind that anyway.
0: Do you know, I think that's actually one of the things I love the most about being in business and being able to be so agile and make your own decisions and not sort of face a lot of bureaucracy every time you need to make a change is you can do that the business community is able to tweak things and take a cut and sort of unilaterally decide things that are going to be good for the business community as a whole. And I love that everyone has actually been exercising that yeah. for the right reasons in ways like taking a hit now so that everyone can get through it. It's just been wonderful to see.
1: Yeah, well, it's a long-term game, isn't it? You know, you, you're not in it for the short term, so you've got to think like that and you've got to really make sure that you're making decisions that are going to hit you around longer term.
0: And having made that transition using that mindset, sort of even from before COVID into addressing how you can be more accessible and more readily available for your customers. I think there are a lot of other small businesses at the moment that are facing that sudden need to get online when it's something they still find really uncomfortable or foreign or new. What advice would you have for them about embracing digital more, what it's done for you and and how to encourage them that it's not as scary as it sometimes seems?
1: Yeah, look, you're absolutely right. It's not as scary as it seems. And for me, probably it was a little scary. My wife, whose birthday is today. so happy birthday, honey. (laughs) She's definitely the the tech savvy one in, in our household. And, you know, has used PayPal for years to buy everything. And so I've sort of been really aware of it. But if you're not sort of operating in that space a lot then it can be a little intimidating but i think nowadays when you sit down and actually do your homework and your research it's been made so easy for us like the platforms that are in place now as i said with the back end of paper like it's just ridiculously easy to use um once you sort of get your head head in the game you know and i think that that's all it is it's really just getting your head in the game and it's not sort of sitting back thinking oh that's too hard you just need to take make the effort and then once you're in it it's like oh god what have I been waiting for, you know, it's way (laughs) easier than I thought. So that's the advice I think is the way the world's going, you're not going to survive without it. So make the effort. And if if you really can't get your head around it, there's plenty of people out there that are there to help you. So great advice.
0: So looking to the future, do you think that Some of the things you've learned during this time, including, you know, the new products and, and the wellness packs, what do you think you'll bring out of COVID and keep on in the business?
1: Yeah, look, I think, I think those products will stay the course, you know, and look, they might, they might shift a little as we go along, but it's certainly diversified our business. And I think that's why we were able to survive, you know, like the corporates and weddings and we still have open communication with our clients. And so they'll come back and they'll be great. But the lesson I've learned is to certainly not, not neglect the online space, because, it's certainly what's kept us afloat in the last few months and we see sort of real opportunities to continue to grow it you know and i think if if you're continually working on it and and making sure it's it's up to speed and just doing little courses and there's so many different resources you can use now just to um make sure you're on top of it then long term you're going to be more successful and when things like this happen and you know let's hope there's not another pandemic in our lifetime one's enough but things happen right like airlines go out of business and you know clients change and customers change so you've got to you've got to be flexible and you know it's that old financial advice isn't it don't put all your eggs in one basket that i think has helped us survive so it's definitely a course we'll be sticking with
0: Absolutely. I think one of the most important things you need in business is contingencies and sort of a plan B. But I also feel like digital almost is that because it is a little bit more protected from the physical environment. I love that the rebrands also allowed you to transcend your geographical location and take on that more global personality as a business which is is wonderful
1: that's right you've got access to the whole wide world so yeah yeah, it's a brilliant thing
0: and how do you think this whole pandemic situation has geared your business in terms of preparedness for disruption in the future um
1: yeah look I think it's just made us think a little more laterally around what we need to have in place and and I guess moving forward just being ready for things like this and Managing your finances really carefully and and making sure you've got a little you know a little behind you for a rainy day like it's important because it's really easy in your own business when you make it all your own decisions and it's great to be able to go and buy a new car and do all of these sort of fun things uh, and you don't really have anyone to answer to except your wife. But, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you've got to be a little a little careful and and just you know. Manage your risk, I suppose.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Lucas, for sharing your wisdom and insights. This has been incredibly reassuring and uplifting. Where can we find you and Herbivore Florals?
1: Yes, so you can you can find us online at herbivore.net.au, and then for all the socials, we are at herbivore floral. So nice and simple.
0: Perfect. Well, if anyone wants to send me a wellness pack, you know where to get it. Yep.
1: Great. I'll keep my eyes on the screen for the order. Perfect.
0: Make sure you guys tune in every fortnight to join PayPal and myself for more stories like this from The Adaptables.